in our countries, in the Middle East, in Arabian countries, we start to do revolution to change the situation, uh, to, to know, to touch the democracy, but uh, uh, I think we cannot succeed now because our people is not ready to start this uh, step. Yeah, Sean. What are you, the, the last, the last, some of the last images we saw were of destroyed cities and destroyed streets in Syria. In a way that was, a, that seemed in a way a kind of your judgment on the revolution in the name of that that somehow had produced the desolation, and the exile of so many families. Do you have a, how, how do you respond to the question of, of the images you showed us at the end? Is that is that your view of the revolution in a sense as a filmmaker? I don't know. I mean having spent so long with these guys that believe that it's a long road to change and that have sacrificed so much to try to remove Bashar al-Assad and his tyranny, that there's a part of me that, you know, there was a part of me before the revolution that was saying, forget it, it's not going to happen. And, but having seen what they've sort of gone through and tried to do and what they've sacrificed, a lot of the people still believe the long, in, in the long road as the answer, really, rather than looking back and saying, well, look, uh, it wasn't perfect, it was a dictatorship. As long as you didn't criticize him, you had these limited amounts of freedoms. I mean, we filmed many, many discussions before, uh, when it was all happening, when they were watching Al Jazeera, when they were thinking about going to the streets, and many people were saying, listen, you, you wanna go, you wanna sacrifice it, you could be less free than you are now, if you, you, know, if you take this gamble. It was always going to be a gamble. I, I, um, I don't know is the answer, really. Yeah. But I, don't, I, I, I also, having been in a prison and seen the torture and daily, you know, the difference between, I don't, I don't think if, if you've ever lived in a dictatorship and the fear of this, or not even that, you're lucky if it's a knock on the door, if the door being hammered down and you, one of your family being kidnapped randomly, and then he took, it took six months for him to find Ragda. He was going around the country, going to different security prisons, saying, where the fuck is she? And no one was answering any of those things. I mean, I don't think we understand that. But then other people that didn't think politically didn't worry. Because if you didn't think politically, mm -hmm. you had nothing to fear. Uh, you know, so so in, the, in that respect, the, the, the question is, uh, is on the table as we speak also because of what happened in, in Paris, because uh, before, I mean, especially France was very much opposed to any role of Assad in the future, but now that IS is coming to our doorstep, there seems to be a little shift in which they say, well, maybe we should tolerate Assad for a little bit longer. How do you feel about that, Amer? I, uh, I said that before three years ago, uh, the Middle East problem have to come to Europe. Yes. And uh, that's what I feel because there is too much refugees, too much uh, killed inside uh, in Syria. And, uh, and nobody take care, nobody want to do anything. Uh, we ask too much, help us, try to find a way to stop this dictator, to stop him, he kill us every day. Nobody take care. Now the problem start to be in Europe, like uh, too much refugees in the border, millions now. And uh, you know, the Islamic Jihadists, uh, they start to do the problem in Europe. It's not the first time in Paris, it's uh, three times now. But it's bigger, 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 bigger. Then they grow because nobody move. They must move, they must do something. And 
Actually, we feel shame because we cannot do anything. What we can do? Uh, they have a different mind. French government, they they start to do visiting with the, the three parliamentists from France. They go to went to Damascus one year ago, and now they start again. They want to to do some kind of connection with Bashar al-Assad to make him stay. And if we read the, the plan of the war, they want Bashar al-Assad to stay because Russia wants him to stay, and. Uh, I want to speak about people. I never care about the president. The people, the Syrian people, they have nothing to do just to die in the sea, in their houses in Damascus, in the border of Europe, everywhere. They just die. They never do anything. They have no chance to do anything. I speak about uh, people. I don't take care about the president. They take their decision like what they want. But the people, how the people feel in France, in Europe, in uh, Syria, we just die. We need help all the time. It is in the nature of tragedy that, the nature of tragedy is that our choice in a tragedy is between 200,000 dead here or 300,000 dead there, people tortured in prison there, or chaos and instability and hundreds of thousands dead as there are now and half of the Syrian population uprooted. One half of the Syrian population is uprooted. There are over a million Syrian refugees in Beirut. There are 1.6 million in Lebanon and more and more coming here. And then we see the counter reaction to that. There are politicians saying no more refugees. We never should have accepted them uh, and accusing the innocent refugees of being the same as ISIS and therefore they all must be kept out. And we see the same thing in the United States with someone like Donald Trump saying, deport 12 million Latinos and build a wall to make sure they stay out. So th what, ha what happens in a tragedy is that those who wish for evil get their wish granted because both sides become complicit in doing it to one another. And ISIS now becomes a friend of the most rabid anti-Muslim people who want to throw all of them out. And we need to find somehow a way out of that dilemma. We're not forced to choose between Bashar Assad and his torture and his murder, and on the other side, chaos and instability in the entire Syrian population uprooted, and now the refugee crisis in Europe, which is stimulating its own angry, resentful responses from some friends who want to say, stop, no more, throw them out. And we need alternatives that aren't simply one or the other, or we will be caught in that tragedy and we will have no choice. So give us one. Well, we kind of know, but it's so hard because the choice, of course, is education, multiculturalism, tolerance, openness, easy words, but and what you in the film and your family have represented, but so hard to achieve in the setting of people on either side who are bent on war, who are bent on hatred, and who make it so easy. The politics of hate is easy. The politics of fear is easy. The politics of care, of love, of honor, of respect and tolerance is very hard. And it's very easy by setting off a suicide vest in a theater to make everybody angry. It's very easy on the way to throwing out a dictator like 
Assad to create a chaos in which everyone suffers. And we're, we do that easily. We know how to kill so easily. It's so hard to live with one another. And yet, living with one another is what we have to figure out. I haven't got the answer, but I think that's what, it, it's not my problem. It's not Amir's problem. It's not Sean's problem. It's all of our problem. That's, that's why the film is so important to me, because it says this is something we solve, because if we don't solve it, Donald Trump and ISIS will solve it for us, Bashar Assad and Gaddafi will solve it for us, and we won't like their solutions. So if it's... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so if it's all our problem, are there any solutions in the audience or questions they're allowed to? Over here, ma'am. Please, please wait for the mic. There's a microphone coming. No, no one, no one can hear you. Um, let, let me phrase what you're saying. I th I, I, sorry, but I think, I think I got the point. Uh, the lady over here uh, saw, I guess, hope in the reaction of ordinary people in Paris, and especially young people who, who seemed to be connected and who seemed to, uh, even in spite of uh, possible danger or, or uh, the prohibition of, of demonstrating, went out into the street and, and showed their pain, but, but, but also showed some kind of resilience and, and uh, some, some of the feelings I think you were pointing at that, that may be so hard, but maybe the only solution. Is that what you saw no, in Paris? I think, and, and thank you for that. And of course you're right that so many Parisians in the face of what could have brought anger and rage and resentment instead showed uh, love and empathy and community with one another. But it has to be the government too because Sarkozy has already said if he's elected, he will put four to 5,000 immigrants in prison where they will be safe. The Parisians will be safe from them. There are people saying no more refugees push them out. Uh, Paris COP meeting 21 is coming up uh, next month in December and the French authorities have already announced they will not allow any demonstrations. So their idea of how to deal with it is keep people off the street just as they tried to do this time. So I, I think you're right to say it, it comes back to us. We have to say to our government that is not a solution. Those are not solutions that we will permit. Any other questions or from the audience. Stop the bombing. Stop the bombing. I think that's a very good idea. But, 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 but is it? <laughs> Amer, if, if someone shouts stop the bombing at the moment, do, do you think that is a good idea? Is there, is there a way out to, uh, of this problem without any kind of military action now in Syria? I think I'm sorry for asking you this very <laughs> difficult question because I don't know the answer to. Uh, 
Actually, I want to speak about uh, humanity things, not uh, politics. Uh, stop the bombing in Syria from Russia or from Israel or from Assad or from Daesh or from who? I want to speak with someone to let him put down his gun. There is no way. They, they waiting, the people in Syria, they're waiting. I don't know, something will come from God maybe to stop this thing, to st stop the killed everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think there is many political people in the world who can take a good decision from Obama to my son. <laughs> Not me. I th by the way, my, I think part of this cry, stop the bombing, is that whoever does it, it won't bring a solution. You can't drop democracy from B-1 bombers. You can't drop liberty from B-1 bombers. You can't save civilians and children by bombing them. You can't save, you can't overthrow a dictator by bombing it because you can decapitate a dictatorship but you don't create a democracy by killing a tyrant. You have to create the democracy, and that's a long, hard process. So I think the implication of you know, stop the bombing is that if the answer to what happened is Paris is to blow up more people in Syria, even in the name of overthrowing Bashar, what will happen is that more innocent people will die, more rage will be kindled, and there will be further incidents on both sides. So we have to find a solution that goes beyond bombing, even though you're right, of course, many of us want to say, take the bad guys out, take the bad, take ISIS out, that's what they're saying, the bombing. Let's take ISIS out. That phrase is used, it's an English phrase, it's a kind of horrible phrase, let's take them out which means take them out of the world, take them out of life. But of course, they're not the ones who get taken out. When you try to take someone out, you end up taking families like this out. You end up taking civilians out. You end up taking kids in a discotheque or a concert hall like Bataclan in Paris out. The ones who get taken out by the people who cry, take them out, are never the real the real adversaries, and we need societies in which they can't flourish, not societies in which we shoot them after they tyrannize us. Amir, uh, an, another difficult question. Since, since Ragda is the one who is closest to the revolution now, what, what, what do you think, and maybe you are in contact with her and, and asked her recently, what do you think she thinks should happen at the moment? She tried to do something. She tried to make a difference in the uh, Syrian revolution or Syrian opposition now. Uh, because you know the uh, big color is uh, Islamic uh, in the Syrian revolution, but it, uh, actually there is uh, there is p people inside the revolution, inside the opposition who believe with democracy, who believe with the humanity, who can continue more if they have some supporting, but they have nothing to do. She is one of them, and um, she tried to do something, and uh, I hope she can succeed. I think we tend to forget that when we think about Syria, that there's still a lot of people who are trying to establish some kind of democracy there. Sean, do, do you have any comments on, on what's been no, said? No, but there was so a question over there by that lady. Oh, okay. Waving. I'm sorry. Just... Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Gloria. Uh, it was a beautiful documentary. Thank you so much. I want to thank Amir for opening up his life in such an intimate way. And thank you, Sean, for, yeah, for, for facilitating that. 
And um, yeah, it's a bit of a pity, I think, that it becomes a very political discussion and all of a sudden all the answers need to be, uh, all the questions need to be answered because um, this is such a personal story of a, pers of a family who's going through this and there are no straight answers. But I just want to say thank you for giving um, uh, faces to news articles and just numbers because that's what this documentary does and, and really thank you for that. Thank you, Amir. I think that was very beautiful uh, closing words and uh, I think we should leave it at that. So uh, I second that. Thank you very much. Thank you.